With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by one of my co-hosts, Alex. Uh, Peter isn't able to join us, but it's all good because we're going to be here recapping this Brighton 1-1 match. And I would say that I have a good amount of things to say, but I'm going to make sure to shorten it down uh, so we don't go too crazy. I know Alex, I'm sure, has a thing or two to to mention about this match as well. And I have Peter's thoughts very summed up uh, here. And I also have his lineup prediction as we will be doing the 2-1 uh, type of episode again here today previewing a Spurs match that I felt like we've been previewing for the past like three weeks, Alex. This is going to be the third Spurs match uh, in January, right? I, I want to say I, I want to say that all three... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me take a look back. Yeah, because the first one was January, January 5th, and the second leg was January. Yeah, so three matches in January against the Spurs, against Spurs. So uh, our third Tottenham match, I feel like we've been talking about Chelsea versus Tottenham a lot recently because we have. So that is going to be the second half of this episode. Uh, but first of all, I mentioned my co-host Alex, and I will now ask him a question. Alex, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it's disappointing from Chelsea lately. You can tell that there's just not enough energy, not enough enthusiasm in this Chelsea team. The performances just pl- plain and simple have not been good enough. Um, the people call, you know, Tuchel needs to be backed here. This is a really tough situation. I do got to say we have two fullbacks, two proper fullbacks. One of them who's been playing center back for the past year. And one of them is Marcus Alonso. So it's really a tough challenge when your two most important players in, in the three at the back system, your wing backs are not there and then you have Marcus Alonso and Aspi who just really doesn't offer anything going forward unfortunately it's really tough for Thomas Tuchel to kind of tinker with this team and figure out what to do because we just don't have the personnel to do what he wants I'd say the attacking players which we do have a you know a, a nice selection of right we got Ziyech we got Mount we got Havertz we got Werner we got Lukaku haven't been playing well enough. Our defensive struggles, our wingback struggles, that for sure was expected based on some of our injuries. Christensen out, Chalaba out. It's not good enough going forward, and that's the real problem. I just don't understand. There's no energy. There's no enthusiasm from our attacking players. There's no creativity, and it's it's almost depressing to watch. And I'm going to speak for Peter first so I don't forget about what he said. Uh, he just texted me that he his thoughts on Brighton were just that we played very bad. Uh, and he said, yell at the players for me. Uh, and then he also let me know and say that Kovacic must start. He's such a baller. Uh, and, and yeah, that, that's a big debate too. Jorginho, Alex, we were talking pre podcast, uh, prepping for this one. And you just said, it looks like Jorginho is super tired on the pitch and he just doesn't look like he is 
ready to play 90 minutes of football. And he didn't. He just really looked tired in the time that he did play. And when Kovacic came in, he lit a spark for this Chelsea team on the way he defended the ball, on the way he attacked with the ball. And I think he gave Chelsea as many chances as possible. I'd like to go to the last few minutes of the game, if you remember. Marcus Alonso, why is he taking the last chances of this for this club? And I should have given you a headphones warning. So I'll, because I'm going to expand on this. So headphones warning or volume warning, however loud or low you have it. I'm going to be getting a little upset here. Marcus Alonso takes the final corner for Chelsea in, in 90 plus minute and extra time. Okay. Not extra time, but you know, in the, in the, um, added, added on time, added minutes, right? Whatever it is. There's a additional minutes. I think there's an added time. Added time. Thank you. I think that's the proper name for it. Yeah. And out of time, he takes a final cross and out of time. Absolute trash. So bad. Hits the Brighton defender. Didn't even make it, made it maybe five yards in the box before hitting a Brighton defender. Worst cross of the whole night that he did. And and the announcer was able to um, capitalize on that and mention that. And Hudson Adoy, I think, or one player, I think it was Hudson Adoy was running towards him. Why not pass it to Hudson Adoy? Do that or whip in a good goddamn cross to end the game. And maybe we can actually win. But no, what he does sends it right off the Brighton defender, goes off of him, I believe, then goes down. I don't know if it's right off of him, but then I remember we have a throw in on the side. Then they throw it in. Alonso gets it. Alonso takes the final shot of the game. Doesn't even go anywhere close to the net. Again, this time it was a shot. Uh, from the left side, I don't know if it was his left foot. I assume it would be if it was on the left side. Takes a shot, hits a Brighton defender, maybe five to ten yards, maybe five to ten yards um, past where he shot it. Hits that defender, then goes the opposite way, obviously deflecting off the defender. And the ref calls, okay, that's time. You know, when Alonso's on here and he's taking the final shots, then the ref should call it immediately. Uh <laughs> So bad. I don't know why that guy is taking our final chances. He slows this team down. He gives this team less of a chance to win matches. And that's a clear example of it. And that's what I needed to point out. Because that is something that came to my mind. It's been on my mind since the match even happened. I knew we weren't going to record an instant reaction. So I needed to make sure to hold on to it uh, for this podcast. I also think Romelu Lukaku, ever since the freaking, not, not, we talked about this. We talked about this on Saturday's episode. If you haven't already, go check that out. We talked about Romelu Lukaku, and Alex said right after the messages, he was playing really well. The messages he talked about Inter Milan and how much he loves Inter Milan. It's better than Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. He was really good the first match like right after it or whatever. After that point, he has been, I don't want to use the word atrocious, but very bad. He's been very poor playing-wise. He hasn't created any chances for Chelsea to score. And again, this is another player that when he's on the pitch, he's actually lessening the results. He's lessening how many chances this team has to score. And it's so funny because you say, Alex, we have all these attacking players all over the all over our squad depth, right? We have so much squad depth, but Tuchel can give all the rest. Okay, we have so much squad depth, and why aren't we getting the goals? Then why are Man City and Liverpool going out here? They're scoring three or four goals per match. And Chelsea is going out there fighting for their lives against Brighton. Now, 
credit to Brighton. They they hung in this game. They deserved the draw. They even could have deserved a win. I think Kepa kept us in this game with a few Yeah, saves. they deserve to win. They're a solid team for sure. They are. But the, I will tell you right now, Man City could have very well scored three or four goals in that match. Liverpool could have scored three or four goals in that match. Chelsea, they get one. They're fighting for their lives. And that's it. Now you can go, Alex. Chelsea just aren't clinical enough. Callum Hudson-Odoi, not clinical enough. Ziyech, at many instances, just not clinical enough. Lukaku, not clinical enough. Havertz, not clinical enough. Werner, not clinical enough. Only person I could possibly name who's pretty clinical in front of goal is Mason Mount, but he's not in that role uh, most of the time. So, you know, when he gets that chance, he you know, he put he puts those chances away, but it's not good enough from the people that are in those uh, scoring positions, and that's the real issue. And we're not creating enough chances. Reese James and Ben Chilwell created a whole bunch of chances from the flanks. Aspie's just not good enough. His ball in is not good enough. You know, not not you know putting anything against him. We knew this. He's not that type of player. Marcus Alonso is too slow to even get to the box where he could possibly put a cross in, and he just gets exposed. He was exposed by Tariq Lamp. He's exposed by anyone, really, uh, that's playing right back or white or right wing for the opposition. It's just not good enough from Chelsea. Um, and, and we just look exhausted. And that's that's uh, that that's really the main issue. And on, on that, Tuchel said they needed uh, Wednesday and Thursday off so badly uh, due to the fact that apparently Chelsea players are very tired, which, you know, what doesn't take a genius to tell by watching, you know, any bit of the game. So that that's something for sure. And Ziyech uh, obviously kind of had that signature no celebration. Some people are rumoring that it's because he got uh, left out of the AFCON squad for Morocco. So that's why he was upset. Thomas Tuchel uh, says it was because he's really tired. Who knows what really the valid thing is? No one knows except for Ziyech himself. But even the other players didn't seem that excited. When Mount came over, when uh, Lukaku came over, when Rudiger, it just seemed like no one was really excited uh, that Ziyech had scored. It was like, oh, oh, thank God, finally we're done. Okay, can we just get out of here now? That's what it seemed like. And also, it could be Alex, he's upset not being able to play enough with Chelsea. Tuchel doesn't select him in the squad a majority amount of the time. So for him to get the opportunity to shine doesn't come enough for I'm sure what Ziyech likes and for when Ziyech is on, I think he plays pretty well. So maybe he's, it's not enough for my liking either. Uh, if you think about it that way, when, when it comes to Wednesday and Thursday off, okay. Uh, good for Chelsea players to get the days off and hopefully it impacts how we do against Tottenham. There is no reason, no excuse to lose this match against Tottenham or draw. Honestly, we play them in the EFL cup. And yes, I know it's the EFL cup. It's not the premier league. This is a different, different brand or breed of football, whatever you want to call it, but it's the same formations. It's going to be similar tactics. It's going to be similar players playing for both sides. And for us to win 2-0 against Tottenham and 1-0 against Tottenham in this same month, there is no reason Chelsea should lose this match or even draw. I will be disappointed with a draw. And Alex, I feel you should think the same. And you should be, you should be disappointed with a draw as well if that is the outcome um, when we play Tottenham. Tuchel right now, Tuchel's Chelsea, uh, sit in third in the Premier League, 12 points behind the leaders, Manchester City, and have failed to win any of their past four league games, collecting just two points from a possible 12. Let's go into the injury news. Uh, I think we've closed up this uh, Brighton recap, so let's go to the injury news. Okay, we have Christensen is expected to return against Tottenham, hopefully. 
There's no news, which is good news. That was a quote from Thomas Tuchel on Chalaba. So that means his return date is still unknown. And now that's basically it right now. Cause we know, Re- well, we don't really know Reese James, but we know that he's going to be out for still a while. And we need those crosses whipping into the box and we're not getting them right now. So uh, it's something to think about. Alex, you have some news transfer wise. Um, so you can go into that a little bit if you want. Yeah. Um, Usman Dembele. Uh, there's been a fallout between him and the manager, uh, the manager Xavi at Barcelona, and he is refusing to sign a contract. It sounds like they're going to try to offload him in this January transfer window. Chelsea are interested. Obviously, Dembele has ties with Tuchel. He played with him at Dor- uh He, you know, played under him at Dortmund uh, before Barcelona bought him for 130 million euros uh, back a few years ago. Tuchel, uh, in an interview, when asked about who's the most talented player he's ever coached, actually mentioned Dembele. So certainly high praise uh, from Tuchel regarding Dembele, and maybe he could get back to that form uh, that prompted Barcelona to spend so much money on him. So certainly interesting. It depends on the price. Wouldn't want to spend more than $30 million on him, but uh, he certainly has the talent. There's obviously those huge injury concerns with him, and that's the big thing. But if, you know, maybe he, he's happier, he focuses on his fitness, uh, it could be okay here. And if he and he's certainly not someone who's clinical, so that's the only worrying thing. But certainly an interesting uh, transfer news or gossip here. Uh, and we'll see what may what comes out of it. I'm just going to start like, like this. I'm good. I, I, I don't need Usman Dembele on this Chelsea team. Alex, you want to talk about a player who gets injured? I mean, <laughs> start with Dembele. We got plenty of them. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, listen, there's rumors. I don't want to accept them. <laughs> so that's all I have to say in the matter. He doesn't like please me as a player at all. When he's on, he's on. But you can say that for a lot of players. Alex, I, I remember, I think we were talking about the NFL draft for our other podcast, The Giant Take. We were talking about what we're going to do and looking for players. And I think you said a really good quote. When, I'm, when we were talking about how we're looking into players, you said... And promise me, this does circle back around. So anyone's like, where is he going with this? It does circle back around. You said to me, so I, I was saying, I look at like the top games, the top teams that they play against. That's how I'm going to do my research. Because I don't need to look at highlights. And then you said, yeah, there's no reason to look at highlights. Everyone has highlights. And that alludes to Usman Dembele. Usman Dembele has highlights. Everyone has highlights. Everyone is, you know, can when they're on, they're on. When they make their shots, they make their shots, but when they're not, well, they're definitely not. And Usman Dembele is that player. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. So we can go to the Tottenham preview now. Sunday, January 23rd at 1130 a.m. I assume, Alex, if I can just take a look at when the next Chelsea match is after the Tottenham match, that's going to be against. Oh, so we have a little bit of break in between like a two week break. Wow. So I yeah, think what we, the winter uh, break. Yeah, so we're good. So we'll do an instant reaction probably or yeah. a reaction to post-match reaction um, sometime after the Tottenham match. So let's go into our line of predictions. I also have Peter's line of prediction here. So uh, I'll go through the both of ours. The win probability first going into that is Chelsea 57%, draw 24%, and I believe that's Tottenham in a very bad shade of a color. I think that's 19%. Let me get it. Let me get a closer look here. I'm going to move my mic with me here. 
Yeah, I think that's 19%. So 19% chance of a victory for Tottenham. And when you look at the table, again, I, I think I mentioned the points total earlier. Man City in first with 56. Liverpool in second with 45. Chelsea in third with 44. Uh, Tottenham sit in fifth with 36. Chelsea in their last five, three draws, two wins. And in their last five for Tottenham, two draws, three wins. So, and don't Tottenham play... They already played, or they're playing very soon. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but yes, sure. <laughs> they played. They played. Uh, well, sorry, they played today, I believe. Yeah, they played against Leicester City today, and they yeah. won three uh, two. So that's something to think about. Uh, who scored? Harry Kane had a goal. Yeah, Kane scored. I heard there's some controversy in that game, actually. So I don't know exactly what happened, but there was definitely a, it was a late goal, I believe. Okay, we'll go check that out after. Definitely yeah. watch those highlights. Um, let's start out with the line of prediction. So I will go, or I'll start off with Peters because everyone loves him first. <laughs> Kevin Nett, uh, he's going to go with a 4 2 3 4 2 And I think Alex is similar with that. I have three at the back. I have like the normal Chelsea 3 4 2 1. I don't know what you guys are pulling, but whatever. And Peter can't defend himself, so I can actually throw any shade I want in his lineup prediction, but I probably won't do that. He is Asby, Silva, Rudiger, and Malang Saar in his back four. Okay. Well, I have a back three. My back three, and Kepa and Ned as well. My back three, Asby, Rudiger, Silva. Okay. Alex, you can go ahead. It's weird reading two people's lineup predictions. I got Kepa, Asby, Rudiger, Silva, Saar at left back as well. And uh, I'll do my midfield too. I have Conte, Kovacic. Uh, as my two midfielders, Jorginho gets a break, and you do your midfield and attack for you and Peter. Okay, so for Peter, Jorginho and Kovacic in the midfield, which is so funny because he was talking about how bad Jorginho played in this match, and he has him starting uh, in the next one and giving Conte a break. Interesting. I have, obviously, so the 3-4, so four in the midfield. Alonso at left wing back, unfortunately, had to add that in there. Kovacic and Conte. I really want Kovacic to start. Please, please, please. Jorginho should come off the bench, if anything, and uh, later in the match. But Kovacic and Conte, I want in the midfield. And Hudson Adoy at right wing back, because I had Asby uh, in the center back spot. And then I'm just going to finish it out, Alex, because I feel like it. For Peter, oh, I hate bouncing around again. Uh, Mount Werner, and then Havertz and Lukaku are his four up front, basically. I don't want Lukaku starting either because I think he's been on a bad form recently and we've already talked about this. So it's going to be Mount Werner Havertz at the false nine position. And that is my front three. All right. For my front four here, I've got Havertz, Mount, uh, kind of at that those two cam spots. And then up front, I've got Lukaku and Werner. I think you got to stick with Lukaku. Hope he finds some form somehow. Um, you paid $100 million for him. You have no choice, really, uh, if you're Thomas Tuchel. That's just kind of my opinion. For score predictions, I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea win. Um, I, think we, I think we beat Spurs, but I think it's going to be another uninspiring performance. I'm going to go with a, a, a... And you know, this is big when I have a gap between uh, Chelsea and the opposite side because I'm a very negative Chelsea fan, as Alex likes to uh, pick on me for. So you know what? That's Just a okay. negative fan of any sport. That's true of any team. Yeah, yeah. A 2-0 Chelsea victory. So that's a big deal when that comes from me. Um, and that that's it. And I don't guess goals. Oh, but Peter does. 
because Peter has a, let's see here. 3-0 Chelsea win. What'd you say? It's probably 3-0. No, he did not do the 3-0. He has a 1-1 draw with a Jorginho penalty, actually. Interesting. He's going crazy, Alex. He's going out of this world crazy. So with that, do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Let's just hope that, uh, well, now, of course, I'm talking, so I guess I did. Uh, <laughs> let's hope that uh, Chelsea get through this rough patch and and move forward and get some more inspiring performances, some better results. Uh, you got to hope forward. so. You got to hope so. Got to hope so. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you, ever, wherever you listen to the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, you can go to the bottom and then give us five stars. You can write a rating or you can write a review or just rate it five stars. We're on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at Josh Shola29. Shipitstudios.com slash Talking Blues. On there, you can find out all the places to listen. And with that, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. And we will see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.